0: You ever feel like you get up, you speak, and you swear there's a train coming right at you? (laughs) There was these three preachers, and as preachers sometimes do, they decided they were going to take a vacation. And as any good preacher does, they like to fish. So they decided they would get in a boat together, a large boat, so the three of them enjoyed fishing together, and they're somewhere in the middle of Canada, as any good preacher would be fishing, and they're catching fish, and they begin to talk, and about the third day in, they begin to really share their hearts with one another. I mean, they really begin to kind of like uh, rip open the inside and say, you know, here are the faulty parts of my life. Would you help me? And so they begin to share. And one of the preachers uh, confesses to his colleagues, you know, I I uh, I'm struggling with pornography, and I I need to try and figure that out. It's it's hurting my marriage and relationships of people in the church, and I. I, I need to fix that. And the other guys nod their heads. You know, thanks, thanks for sharing that. Well, the second preacher, a couple hours later, uh, they're there catching fish. And, and he says, you know, I, I struggle with some things, too. And, and I, I struggle. I, there, was a, there was a point in my life where I, I, I got greedy and I, I began to actually embezzle some money. I need to figure out how to pay that back. It was a while later. Everybody's back on shore. And the third preacher says, well, I, before we go home, before we get back in the car, I, I really think that you guys all need to know where I'm at. You see, I, I suffer from gossip, and I just can't wait to get home. I mean, it seems so easy, doesn't it? I mean, it seems so innocent, really. I I mean, it seems like an easy soap opera that you and I can get on. I mean, it even seems good sometimes. I mean, we have sometimes this uh, just uh, craving, right? This... uh, This desire, just this we call it curiosity. No, I just I just needed to know. In the church, we call it prayer requests. (laughs) But you know what I mean. We desperately want to know. And then we desperately want to share what it is that we know, and oftentimes the result of that is an assassination of people's character. We've been in this three-part series uh, that ends this morning called Watch Your Mouth, and uh, we've talked about the power of the tongue and and what it can do. Last week we came back and talked about uh, how there's a slice of our life and a slice of our heart that's laid open uh, because of what we say. And this morning, maybe uh, the biggest of all of them, we're going to talk about gossip. We're going to talk about what it is and what we need to do about it. And so I want to encourage you this morning to, to hang in there. Uh, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 22, it says, The words of gossip are like choice morsels that go down to the innermost parts. Now, I have to tell you that I am a, a lover of uh, the nacho cheese flavored Doritos. I don't know if anybody in here enjoys Doritos, but there have been times, quite frankly, um, where I have been uh, in a situation, and um, I have sat down with a bag of Doritos, and I've taken a large clump, if you will, of Doritos, and, and it is a choice morsel, and I reach my hand back into the bag for more. I mean, I know that the Lay's slogan is you can't have just one. Sometimes gossip is like that, isn't it? I mean, you could tell me all the bad facts about nacho-flavored Doritos. You could tell me that there's trans fats in them. You could tell me that there's way more calories than I should be eating in one setting of just Doritos. You could tell me uh, how they're processed food. You could tell me all those wonderful bad things and why I shouldn't eat them, but I just can't seem to stop. And sometimes it feels like, even for Christians, even in the church, we wrestle with gossip. We just keep coming back and reaching our hand back into the bag for one more morsel. For those of you who are C.S. Lewis fans, maybe maybe you have enjoyed uh, that very first, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I love the picture that, that Lewis presents in that book of Edmund. Uh, he's kind of the one, the black sheep of the group, the one who goes off by himself. And when he meets the, the evil queen, she promises this Turkish delight, right? It's this wonderful morsel, but in the end it is empty and it causes brokenness. And gang, that's what gossip is. You understand, I hope, gossip is a sin. I was reading... Recently, Romans chapter 1. And, and in Romans chapter 1, uh, Paul is, is laying out like this vice list, things not to do, right? Uh, he, is, he is laying out there some things to really think about not doing. Uh, in fact, he, he says some really strong, he uses some really strong words in regards to the kind of people who do these kinds of things. They have no mind for God, right? No knowledge of God. And God gives them over, it says. So he says in verse 29 of chapter 1 in Romans, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness. And he begins to spell that out. Evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. I mean, are you you gathering? This is a bad list, right? Who wants to be on this list? No one. Not me, not you, right? In the next part of the verse, this is what it says. He says, They are gossips, slanderers, God haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Gang, gossips is on that list. We have to figure out a way. Gossip is a sin. We had to figure out a way to stop reaching our hand into the bag, to try and be curious, to try and share. Here's what gossip is. It's a deadly whisper. It's sharing a truth or non-truth about someone that has the potential of harming a relationship. Gossip is talking about others without their knowledge or permission to do so. Recently, I was um, trying to find a visual uh, that might help us try and figure out what is gossip. And I found this clip. I hope you enjoy it. A woman
1: was gossiping with a friend about a man she hardly knew. I know none of you have ever done this. That night, she had a dream. A great hand appeared over her and pointed down at her. She was immediately seized with an overwhelming sense of guilt. The next day she went to confession. She got the old parish priest, Father O'Rourke. She told him the whole thing. Is gossiping a sin? She asked the old man. Was that the hand of God Almighty pointing a finger at me? Should I be asking your absolution, Father? Tell me, have I done something wrong? Yes, Father O'Rourke answered her. Yes, you ignorant, badly brought up female. You've borne false witness against your neighbor. You've played fast and loose with his reputation, and you should be heartily ashamed. So the woman said she was sorry and asked for forgiveness. Not so fast, says O'Rourke. I want you to go home. Take a pillow upon your roof, cut it open with a knife then return here to me." So the woman went home, took a pillow off her bed, a knife from the drawer, went up the fire escape to a roof, and stabbed the pillow. Then she went back to the old parish priest as instructed. "'Did you gut the pillow with a knife?' He says. "'Yes, Father.' And what was the result? Feathers, she said. Feathers, he repeated. Feathers everywhere, father. Now, I want you to go back and gather up every last feather that flew out on the wind. Well, she said, it can't be done. I don't know where they went. The wind took them all over. And that, said Father O'Rourke, is gossip.
0: Take a feathered pillow on a windy day, take it to the highest point you can find, cut it open, and then retrieve all the feathers. That is gossip. You understand, don't you, that gossip is more than just an observation. Some of you are thinking, I can never talk again. Gossip is more than an observation. I can observe things. I can even observe sinful things. And I can say, perhaps to my wife, Did you observe this? Did you know this? But often it doesn't stop there, does it? Often it's not just about an observation. We like to assign motive and intent to the observation, don't we? I have been in ministry long enough that there are times when students mess up. They fail at a part of their life. Maybe you have a young man and a young woman, and they've been coming to a youth group faithfully, um, their boyfriend, girlfriend, and things get out of hand. And one day she comes to youth group pregnant. And oftentimes what happens is, it's not simply a matter of observation but a matter of gossip and character assassination. It's not, did you notice that Jane was pregnant? But then we add, well, I really thought that she was a Christian. And what we've done in that moment is gossip. What we've done in that moment, you understand, is judge. We've taken judgment upon ourselves to say we recognize what is best. And we've driven someone else away. And we do this with all sorts of things, don't we? We tend to do it with uh, great things in people's lives and deplorable things in people's lives. Places where people struggle, we tend to do it. Oh, I can't believe that. Or, well, please tell me. I, I, I need to know. Or, maybe your friend just got a new car, and instead of, instead of being excited about it, we begin to add these little bits of intent and motive as to why they bought that car, and how much that car cost. And well, they must not love Jesus as much as I love Jesus, because I don't drive that kind of car. And even if I did have that money, I wouldn't drive that kind of car anyway. Gossip is that way. And we keep reaching our hand into the bag. And we keep eating at the table of gossip. Gang, did you know that gossip is big business? Uh, Recently, I did some research on this, and I found out that four of the top six magazines in our country our tabloids. You know what the number one selling newspaper in the United States is? The National Enquirer. It's a little sad, don't you think? And so what we have now is a very socially acceptable sin. But let me be truthful with you. It's not acceptable here. And by here, I don't mean this building. I mean uh, in the hearts of people who say they love and desire to serve and follow Jesus, it's not acceptable for you and me. And if we want to begin uh, to shift the tide in our place of work and in our home and in our lives in regards to gossip, gang, it's got to stop here. This is where it's got to stop. It's got to begin right here, right now. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. If we want to change the world and the cultures that we're a part of, It's got to stop here. I've been in ministry now for, I can't quite remember how long, over 15 years. And I wish that I could say and stand up here and say, you know what, I'm just speaking in complete hypotheticals here. It would never happen in the church. But sometimes it does. And maybe you've already experienced it. I remember an occasion uh, several years ago when I was in Rushville. I was the preacher there. Uh, We were leading the church through uh, a transition period, you might say. We were leading as God was giving vision. And there were some people, as sometimes people do, that didn't agree with the plan. That's okay. What wasn't okay was one morning I was running as I tend to do. I happened to be going by uh, the the golf course where I enjoyed running, and a woman from our church stopped me. And I said, "Well, hi, hello, you know, how's it going?" And she pointed her finger at me and she said, "I cannot believe what you're doing. Really, what am I doing?" And she began to just spell out one thing after another. I said, really? You've heard all this. Well, from whom? Because it wasn't from me. And there were slanderous attacks that this was really just all about me. Gang, if I can, as gently as I can, Let me say to all those who are followers of Jesus, we have to stop being gossips. It's got to stop. It's got to stop with us. If we don't want it to be big business anymore, it's got to stop right now. So the question is, what is the solution? What are we going to do to end this part of our life? Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to protect the absent. If you are in the environment where you want to talk about someone else, perhaps you just need to remember that you need to protect those who aren't there. Don't talk about somebody if they're not there. If they didn't give you express written permission to talk about them in a certain way, then don't. It's interesting to me, New York City pastor, um, Jim Simbla is his name, and he wrote this in regards to the kind of thing that is expected out of members of their church. He said, I charge you that if you ever hear another uh, member speak an unkind word of criticism or slander against anyone, myself, an usher, a choir member, or anyone, That you stop that person in mid-sentence and say, excuse me, who hurt you? Did someone ignore you? Did someone slight you? Was it the preacher? Let's go to his office. Let's go right now. He'll apologize. We'll pray. And God can restore peace to the body. But we won't let you talk critically about people who aren't present to defend themselves. Isn't that great? You want to ruthlessly deliver yourself from this sin of gossip, then you you need to practice this. Protect those who are absent. Another thing I think that you can do is just simply think. I I turn this into uh, uh, an acronym I don't know if there's any acronym lovers out there. Those of you who are in the medical field, you all love acronyms. You know, I went in for my EKG, um, CPR. Nobody even knows what any of those acronyms really mean except you. So think, think. Number one, you have to ask yourself some questions. Number one, is it true? Is it true is what I am being fed? Is it true? Is what I'm about to say? Is it true? Uh, secondly, is it helpful? I mean, your mom growing up probably said, "If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all." Uh, the question is, is it helpful? If you want to say something, maybe that is true, but if it's not helpful, you probably shouldn't say it. Uh, number three, the I in think is—is is it inspiring? In other words, does this glorify God? All right, we have just taken it to the uh, to the eternal level. Is this kind of conversation going to glorify the one that I serve? The N. Is it necessary? Ooh, this one trips me up, I think, more often than anything. Do I really need to know this? Or do I have this insatiable just desire to know so that I can share? Is it necessary? And then the K. Is it kind? Over and over again in Scripture, we're called to be kind. And I'm just asking you to think. Psalm 141, verse 3, it says, It's a prayer to God. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. And he's talking about the words we use. Lastly, I think you just have to ask yourself, Why? Ask yourself why. I hate confessing, but sometimes it's good for the soul. I was looking at this passage of Scripture. I was looking over this message, thinking about all the things. And I'd be lying if I said I'd never gossiped before. In fact, as I was uh, thinking through this message, I, I was uh, at work and, and there was a guy, uh, one of my colleagues. I, I like the guy, and, and he wasn't doing what I thought he should be doing. And I came home and I, I said, Yeah, I, I was working hard and doing this, and you know, and I was talking to Joe Lynn. Well, you know, like he wasn't, and, and then I had to stop. And I thought, why, why am I sharing this? And you know what, when I evaluated all that, you know what the problem was? The problem wasn't that he wasn't doing whatever he should. The problem was I was frustrated and thought he needed to be doing something else. The problem wasn't his. The problem was mine. And so maybe you just simply need to ask yourself why. We've gone through this series. We talked about the mouth and the power of it and the heart. And and this morning we've talked about gossip. And I've tried to say, hey, there's some things that we need to do together. But I would think it odd that as a church, I don't give you the opportunity to use your mouth in a positive way. So I wrote a simple prayer, if you could put that up on the slide. And I'm just going to ask that if your heart desires it, if you want this, that you read this prayer with me. Father, I confess the sin of gossip and I repent of using my words to hurt others. I ask for your forgiveness. Place a guard over my mouth and lead me in loving others. Amen and
1: amen.